and turn with me to the Gospel of Luke. The Gospel of Luke. I appreciate uh, Brother Hughes preaching on me. He was preaching to me this morning, and uh, I think that's a classic. What a what a, a way to to describe it. You know, folks, really, we do battle with this flesh, and I just appreciate the way he brought that. I can remember him preaching that before. Some of those are classic. That me and the mighty oak and things that he has preached and uh and so i appreciate it so much we need to be reminded sometimes that that guy that gets in the way is the one that's i'm looking at in the mirror in the morning so that's the guy uh i i have trouble with it's me and so just so well uh articulated but i i want to go to luke chapter 17 if you found it would you stand with me luke chapter 17 Luke chapter 17, we're going to read a quite lengthy verse out of this chapter, going down to verse 32, a real long verse. We ought to be able to memorize this All right, tonight. I think we can do it. It says, remember Lot's wife. Could, could we just memorize that? Could we say that? Remember Lot's wife. See, you memorized a verse, you know. It's one of those where you got a point in your class when you're growing up for saying something, you know, and it's either Jesus wept or remember Lot's wife, okay? So Luke 17, 32, remember Lot's wife. I want to preach on remember Lot's wife, okay? Would you pray with me? Father in heaven, we love you tonight. What a privilege to be in church this evening that we could study your word and Lord, we thank you for your word. Help us, Lord. Let it challenge our hearts to a deeper, a closer, more intimate walk in relationship with you. Father, I pray that you give us the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Give us the words that you would have for us to speak tonight. And Lord, we'll thank you for it, for it's in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. Remember Lot's wife. I I'm sure sometime I have preached on this, but I want to use this tonight. And they say in the west side, like the shore of uh, the Dead Sea is, is overlooked by a lot of cliffs and, and hills there. And there's a lot of cliffs of sandstone and lime uh, stone right in that area. And there's a legend that says one of these projections that are standing up out of the, that, that salt and everything is the pillar that would be Lot's wife. Don't know whether it really is or not. I don't know. But it makes it interesting to, to uh, think of it that way. And you know, we really don't have her name. It's sort of like a wife. You know, uh, th ladies, through life you go through, oh, you know, my wife is, oh, that's Brother Jeffrey's wife. And then you have kids and that you become so-and-so's mom. You know, don't, don't seem like Sometimes you feel like you don't have an identity of your own. You're either somebody's wife or somebody's mom. Uh, but we really don't know her name. It's sort of like Lazarus and the rich, uh, the rich man. We don't know his name. Uh, but we know where he is now, according to Jesus' story. But it's interesting. Jesus talking to his disciples, he says, Remember Lot's wife. You know, when Jesus tells us to remember something, to recall something, to think about it, replay it in slow motion, there's a lesson to be learned there. There is something important in that, because in my Bible it's written in red, so I know that Jesus spoke it. Jesus said it, 
and it must be important. So I think it's good for us to recall this story, to remember what happened, and Jesus wants us to take that and remember it. So many times we have trouble with our memory, don't we? I do. I just can't recall things like I used to. I wish my memory was sharp. I wish it was. I wish I could remember so many scriptures I put to memory, and I wish I, I could recall them. But we have trouble remembering. We remember some of the nonsense things. And how come it's the important things I can't remember, you know? I'm supposed to put the memory. But he says, remember lots of so in the story, we've got to start with a father's decision. You know, at that point, Abraham got, got his flocks, his herds, and, and all of his servants, and, and you know everything that Abraham had that God had blessed him with, he increased. He had such uh, so accumulated so much that here Lot also had accumulated cattle, lot, uh, you know, a lot of cattle, a lot of things. And so Lot had a lot of things. And there was squabbling between their servants, and they couldn't get there's not enough land to support all of us. And so Abraham said to Lot, said, Look, look at all this. You go one direction, and I'll go the other direction. Lot had the choice. He had the first choice. Abraham being nice and said, you know, you decide where you want to go. I'll go the opposite way. It can't take care of us all. But we find in Genesis 13 that Lot looks towards Sodom. He's looking at Sodom. Then he moves towards Sodom. And then we find out now, next, he's living in Sodom. The choice was his. He made that decision. Abraham, he could have been where Abraham was, but he chose to be in Sodom. And in that same chapter, uh, chapter 13, verse 13, it gives the reputation of these men. But it says, but the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. These were some very wicked you know, there's, there's just no way to sugarcoat this, folks. These people in that day were evil. You know something? It's not much different than what we have going on in our world today. It's really not. Look what's happened. If we only knew the truth, look at that. I think it's, uh, it was Billy Graham that said, if God doesn't bring judgment on America, he's going to have to apologize for what he did to Sodom and Gomorrah. Because we live in that day. And folks, we do not condone that kind of lifestyle. We, I think you know what I'm talking about. I don't need to explain it. But we do not condone that kind of life. I know we're at a point where it touches most of our families. It's a nephew, and a niece, or somebody that's involved in that. But the Bible makes it clear that it's sin and a person that continues in that lifestyle, God will turn them over to a reprobate mind. He makes it very clear. We find that in the book of Romans. And so, you know, here it starts with this man's decision. Lot had that ability to make that choice. 
You know what? Just lets me know, dads, and there's not a whole lot of us in here. <laughs> not a whole lot, Brother Smith. We're kind of outnumbered tonight. But you know what? <laughs> yeah, it's, it's me and you. I don't know where Brother Hughes went, but it's, it's, it's me and you. You know what? It starts with a father's decision. Like, hey, you know what? Wives, you've got to encourage your husbands to make the right decisions. Come on. You've got to encourage them to make the right decisions. It starts with that husband's decisions. You know, not every job promotion is a good thing. Help me out here. Not every job promotion, if it takes you away from where you're not in a good church, a Bible-believing church, and you're not in a place where you can really serve God, it may not be the will of God for you. You know, the devil can give you a promotion that looks good. Oh, this looks right. We can double our money. We can really live high on the hog. But was it worth it if you lose your soul? Come on. You want the family to serve the Lord, you better make the right decisions. You've got to make decisions. You know, I hope before you buy a house, before you buy a car, you before you have a job change, that you make it a matter of prayer. That's good advice right there. Come on. Make it a matter of prayer. He could have been living where Abraham was, but he chose. There, the men are coming. Yeah. Let me go back over this point again. Abraham and Lot split up, okay? Uh, Lot looks towards Sodom. He moves towards Sodom. He's living in Sodom. I have to repeat this whole first point. But you know what? It's a dad's decision. And before you make a decision, dad, make sure you make it a matter of prayer. He could have been where Abraham was. You know, a father needs to assume the role of the spiritual leader in the home. You know something? He needs to be the leader. Wives, you need to let him. Let him be the leader, the spiritual backbone of the family, and we need men to take that role. We do. You've got to be able to look out for what's best for your family. Dads? Come on, assume that leadership. Be the spiritual leader that God wants you to be. Roles determine relationship. Relationships create responsibility. If you're going to be the leader of the home, you've got to assume that responsibility. Back, back um, in 1987, there was a boat that was called the British. It was the British ferry boat called the Herald of Free Enterprise. Uh, it was headed for Dover, England on March the 6th, 1987, carrying 1,300 passengers on this ferry boat. 1,300 passengers, 350 vehicles. Uh, this day, had they had 500 and 543 people um, and 121 vehicles on this particular voyage. And it began to sink and eventually turned sideways. And 188 people perished because of that shipwreck. And the reason was a man was asleep when he should have made sure that one of the bow doors was closed. This man was asleep in his cabin, a crew member, when he should have been fulfilling his responsibility. And 188 people died. 
I'd hate to live with that on my conscience, but how many people, their families are being lost. Their kids are going to hell because a dad made the wrong decisions. He could have been. You know, many times I, I, I don't say a lot about my, my past. My kids have asked, they've, they've asked their mom, said, you know, why doesn't dad say much? There's so much I just don't, I don't want to go back to, folks. I don't want to live in that past. But my dad left when I was between kindergarten and first grade. My mom has told me there was times she sat out in the car outside the bar and just kept blowing on the horn until somebody came out because my dad was in there and she had raising three kids. And, you know, my dad's just off doing his own thing. And now, now he's gone. But, you know, he, was, he, he removed that umbrella of protection from our family. And he went off and did his own thing. So many times, so many times we think we can do what we want to do and forget that it affects your family. Come on, dads. We need, I believe that, that strong churches are the backbone of this country, but strong, we have strong churches because we have strong dads who have strong families. They make strong churches who make a strong country. And so we need fathers to step up and be the dad that God wants you to be. But not only that, we find in Genesis chapter 18, verse 17, the city's destruction. And here before, God says, should I withhold from Abraham what I'm going to do to Sodom and Gomorrah? And he decides to tell Abraham he's going to bring judgment on Sodom and Gomorrah. And this is when we have Abraham saying, we, we, God, would you spare the city for 50 righteous people? God says, for 50 righteous people, I will spare the city. Abraham comes back and says, God, for 45 righteous people, for 40 righteous people, 30, 20, 10. Would you spare the city? God said he would spare the city for 10 righteous people. You know God sent angels to warn Lot. God sent angels to warn him that judgment was coming. I know what you know what's so just amazes me about that story is that the men of the city saw these angels come to uh, Lot's house and Lot takes them in and they wanted those men. Those men of the city wanted those angels, and Lot was willing to give them his daughters. I'll tell you what, wicked place. A very wicked place. I know God sends us a warning, folks. Time's short. The Bible says, as it was in the days of Lot, it's going to be in the last days. Folks, we're there. We're seeing it. The wickedness on every hand. We are seeing it. Judgment has got to be close. But you could ju just imagine that. You know, God's going to send judgment to separate the wheat from the tares. To separate the five wise virgins from the five foolish virgins. To separate the sheep from the goats. God's going to send judgment upon this world. And we've got to be ready. I believe the rapture is going to take place at any time. I really do. But could you imagine these angels saying, Lot, you've got to get out. And the Bible tells us Lot lingered. 
judgment. You know, he gets up and it looks like any other day. The sky's clear. It's a beautiful day. People are going about their business. People are opening up their stores. They're doing all this. They don't smell fire and brimstone in the air. Nothing's going to happen. Could you just imagine his son-in-law saying, this lot, this father-in-law of ours, he's crazy. Wait till we get off work tonight. We'll just go and we'll have a good time. We'll really tease him about this. But they wouldn't go with him. These angels warned them. But only four got out of the city. Judgment was coming. You know, I really believe God's trying to get us ready, folks. I believe he is. Tomorrow morning, you may wake up like it's any other day and go about your business. You're going to get ready for work. But you just look at the sky. Judgment's coming. It's going to be in an hour when you think not. Jesus is coming. You know, two would be out in the field. One will be taken and the other left. It could be at a time when we're not aware. Does the thief come? The Bible says, does the thief give you an, an announcement that he's going to come and steal uh, from your home, break into your home? No, he's not. it's going to be in a time when you think not. Jesus is coming. Folks, things are lining up. It's coming. Things are lining up now, and we're so close to the second coming of Jesus Christ. You say, I've heard that. I've heard that for 40 years. I have too, but we're closer than we've ever been. Things are taking place, and things are happening fast. And listen, we got to open our eyes and look, look around us at what's going on in our world. Jesus is coming. So, we see a, a, a father's decision. We see a city's destruction, but it closes with this. Jesus said, remember Lot's wife. We find a woman's desire. Everything she longed for was in Sodom. Everything she liked. I just wonder if she didn't just like, she liked the nightlife. She liked everything that was about Sodom. It could have been she was raised in Sodom. It may have been. We have no indication that Lot was even married before he went to Sodom. It could have been all she'd ever known. It may have been. But we see in this, she becomes a monument to God's judgment. Those angels were able to get her and say, hey, get out of the city and don't look back. Her body went out, but her heart was still in Sodom. Everything she loved, everything she longed for. And God was raining down judgment on that city. You know, I don't think she looked back curiously. She looked back longing for that life. She wanted what was being destroyed. There's no gratitude for preservation. No gratitude that her life was spared, that she was safe from the judgment. No gratitude at all. She longed for that. You know, obedience could have saved her life. Could have been a totally different story. Jesus says, remember Lot's wife. You know, you can lose the eternal and the spiritual by placing priority on the temporal and the physical. I don't remember where I came up with that saying, but I wish I'd have said it, but it, 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 it's good. I've quoted it from somebody else. You can lose the eternal and the spiritual by placing priority on the temporal, physical. 
Folks, this life's just temporary. It's all temporary, folks. There's no guarantees. I, why, why put my faith in everything that's going on? Why put my faith in the stock market? Why put my faith in everything that's going on in this world and lose your soul? It's not worth it. It's just not worth it. Seeking to gain her life, she lost another. And Lot, in seeking to lost, losing his life, he gained another. You know, this is all because of a woman's desire. This world has such a strong pull on us. It's like a vacuum trying to suck us into its system. And it takes a strong Christian to say, no, I don't want to be. I'm just a stranger and a pilgrim. I'm just passing through. I have to be here for a short while, but that doesn't mean I have to participate or be a part of it. Come on. She took a glimpse, and she never moved. She became a monument to God's judgment. You know, we have to have sense enough not to look back. We really do. There's nothing worth going back for. There's nothing worth going back in this world for, folks. It's not worth it. It's not worth backsliding on. It really, there's that temptation to, oh, the longing for the old life, it's not worth it. How many times in the wilderness did the children of Israel, there was a group of them, let's go back to Egypt. Moses, you brought us out here to kill us. And they wanted to go back. They longed for that old life, but they were slaves to it. It's not worth it. Luke says, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Her treasure was in Sodom. She longed for Sodom and became a monument of God's judgment. Folks, there's nothing in this world worth going back for. It's not worth it. It's not worth losing your soul over. Don't long for that old life. She looked back and everything she desired, everything she loved, it was being destroyed. It's not God's judgment is coming, folks. It's time to get ready. It's like in the days of Noah, that's hitting that hammer, building that ark. was a testimony. God is bringing judgment. It could have been, woke, those people could have woke up that day and just a beautiful day, not a cloud in the sky. And God put, Mo, or no, who did he put on the ark? Noah, put Noah in the ark. I'm sorry, don't tell Brother Hughes I said that. Please don't tell him. Like, uh, who was it defeated the Philippines, you know, or the Philistines? Don't you tell Brother Hughes I said that. But you know what? You know, every blow of that hammer was a reminder to those people, a warning to those people. Judgment was coming. Judgment was coming. Not a cloud in the sky, but there's a time. God says, it's time, Noah, get on the ark. He closed the door, and it began to rain. Folks, judgment's coming. You know, I, I'm beginning to get discouraged with some of the things happening in our world. I'll just be honest. Things aren't moving fast enough for me, Brother Smith. You know I mean? It's not moving fast enough. Why aren't we fixing these things? Sometimes I think maybe it's not going to get fixed. Maybe nothing's going to happen. But you know what? When it comes to what it says in God's Word, I believe it's going to happen. It's going to happen. But it's not lose, that's not worth losing your soul. Don't sell out to things of this world. It's not worth it. 
I want Sister Cassandra to come back to the piano, please, and we're going to partake of communion here in just a few moments. But I want us to prepare our hearts, and I want us to turn to page number 57 in our red hymnal.